My name is Steph Bastian and welcome back to the Tattoo Tales podcast. This episode is part of the Off the Wall series, meaning that uh, it goes along the project that we're running specifically this week called Off the Wall, where we celebrate uh, vintage classic flashes that have been provided from uh, collectors and museums. And at the same time, we raise funds for Ukraine. So I have conducted a series of short interviews with different artists to kind of uh, get their point of view on flashes, on how they find it beneficial, on how they use it, uh, the history behind it, and stuff like that. This specific episode sees Omar Edmison and Bobeus talking about their point of view on flashes. And I gotta say, it's very interesting because every artist have a different approach and a different take. In this case, they have a little bit of a opposite approach to the flash, which is very interesting. We've been talking about the importance of simplicity, of drawing lines with purpose. Omar especially has been in the game for a very long time, so we've been talking about people like Bob Shaw, Greg Iron, JD Crow, and especially those of you that are a bit uh, younger in the business, I think would be very beneficial if you look them up and uh, uh, try to understand why why they are mentioned and their contribution to tattooing so that it can give you a little bit more of an informed point of view on especially classic uh, traditional tattooing. We've been talking about the importance of learning to draw and paint like the old masters, the purity of folk art and how to make the most of flashes, especially as part of the learning process uh, to develop your own style. So I hope you enjoy and if you like the podcast please Go on Spotify or iTunes, give us five stars. It would mean the world to us to reach more people and help support the show. Thank you very much and enjoy the episode. I am Omar Edmison. I own All-American Tattoo in Salem, Oregon. I am a 30-plus year veteran of tattooing. I started as a street shop soldier like i cut my teeth for the first 16 years of my career as a guy who did flash every day like i worked seven days a week as many hours as the boss would let me and i did flash and flash is super important to me like i wouldn't be able to tattoo at the level that i do and the custom style tattooing that i do without having sat in a street shop doing skulls and eagles and roses and script names on people all day long. And honestly, like, I kind of miss it. Like, there's a little part of me that like, when somebody came in and just the walls were just so covered with all these beautiful, amazing images that just would blow me away. And I was there every day. Like, I would just look we would, we would like do Easter egg hunts. Like we would just go walk around and try to find the coolest thing we could, you know? And at a shop like River City in Austin in the nineties, we had a thousand sheets of tattoo flash. And each one of those sheets had a, at minimum five, but as many as 20 little images on it. And we would always, we would look around and try to find the coolest thing that like would trip our minds and be like, okay, like who's going to be able to sell that this tonight? Who's going to be able to be like, okay, you really do want this uh, armadillo humping a football. Like you for sure want that. And you, and inevitably like, I don't know if it was manifestation or carny hustle, but like somebody would always get the armadillo fucking a football or <laughs> you know, the, the old make and bacon tattoo or, or whatever it was, 
you know, like we had the good time, Charlie big sheet. And we like, if so, literally like, if you can't find it on there, you don't want to get tattooed, you know, like yeah. you're, you're blowing smoke. If you can't find something on the big sheet that like at least resonates a little bit because there's so much there, you're wasting both of our times. Like, why are you in here wasting your time? And why are you in here wasting my time? You don't, you obviously don't want to get tattooed. And that's yeah. what class was like. You came in there and you found a little piece of yourself on the wall of a tattoo shop. Something that like resonate, resonated in you. Like the tuning fork inside of you that like rang when you saw an image. You know, and like before I was a tattooer, I was every tattooist wet dream because I was a 16 year old kid that had hustle that would either be committing crimes or hustling pool or doing whatever to get some cash. And I always took it to the tattoo parlor. Like I walked in and I said, I want that one. And they said, which one? I was like, I don't know, I got 60 bucks. What can I get? Cause I just wanted to be there. And like yeah. the image wasn't to me at that point, like the image wasn't as important as the fact that I was there. And like the flash was that conduit that connected me to those dudes on the other side of the counter. Like I got a bunch of like weird little skulls. Cause like back then you could get a, you could get a tattoo, like, like almost the size of your hand for 60 bucks. Like it was the fucking late eighties, you know? Yeah. Um, so like you would walk in and just be like, okay, I had a, I shot some good pool the last couple of days or I did, I did nefarious behavior or whatever it was that <laughs> put the money in my pocket. And I was like, okay, now we're gonna, now we're gonna get up on the get down. You know, it's all worth it because I'm in the tattoo parlor. And I never thought that I would be a custom tattoo guy. Like, in fact, like the first half of my career when I would work with custom guys or like, oh, I'm only gonna do my images. I'd be like, cool, man, I'll make all the money then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you do that, you know? Yeah. I'll buy dinner because I'm going to make more money. Like it seems yeah. fair. Do you think that some of those armadillo, some of those armadillo guys today, like, I don't know, 20, 30 years later, whatever they go, like every time they're like, Oh, that fucking guy. <laughs> they go into this I fucking thing. <laughs> I hope so. I, I really hope they do. I hope they look <laughs> at it and go that fucking Omar. Cause I made sure they knew what my, who, who I was. Like that was the other thing. It was like, I put on a show. You know, yeah, I've seen I, that. I've seen that in France. Yeah, the Omar show. Like, I'll put the I'll put the Omar show on, and you'll know who I am when we're done with this. You know, and like honestly, I've had guys from 30 years ago run into me on my travels, different places, and they'll like pull up their sleeve and they'll be like, "Man, you remember when you did this shit?" I'm like, "No, 100 <laughs> no," but it still looks like the thing that it is. You know, so yeah, they're like, man, I still love it. I still tell the story about when you did it to me all the time. And I was like, cool, that. And that was just a, an armadillo fucking a football. That's you know, cool. it was uh, just. In my, in my head, you're going to be always there, armadillo, from now on. Yeah, that's cool. You know, <laughs> I'll take it. I'm Texan. I'll, you know, like, that's one of those Let phrases me. that like Southern dads yell at their, at their kids. Like when you're doing something, but you're not doing it quite right to where your parents think you should be doing it. 
like when you're doing something slow or like sloppy or you're trying, you're just trying to figure it out because you're young. Like an older dude would always come along and be like, man, you look like an armadillo trying to fuck a football. Like it was, <laughs> it was an insult, but it became like this funny thing that we had drawn up on the wall. Like, and people were like, yeah, man, if I, if I have it tattooed on my arm, then I won't, I won't be the, the armadillo. Yeah. Like I'll always be able to like do it right. It's like, you know, like getting a born to lose tattoo off the wall, like so that you won't be a loser. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like protection, you know, like getting yeah. a 13 tattooed on you because it's bad luck. So you're like, it's good luck. You know? Yeah. And let me ask you, what do you think makes a good flash? You know, and it's not necessarily a technical thing. It's like what 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 is what what makes a good flash? Uh if it'll sell. Honestly, mm -hmm. like Cause that's, a, and that's the thing. It's interesting. Like I love all the projects that you do. Like I'm super stoked every time I get to be involved in one of them, like doing paintings, doing tattoos, doing whatever. But it's interesting. Like one of the things that like took me back, like, like we have all these images to choose from, like all yeah. these different flash pieces to choose from, but like only one dude or girl or whoever, one tattooer gets to do each image. Like we're, we're like, staking our claim like i went and put my name on number 42 that's the one i wanted to do like yeah and it's a cool rat saying he's never going back to honolulu again it's awesome it's hilarious i don't know why it cracks me up so much but it does um but to me like flash like the thing that makes it it good is that it's true like that it had it carries a common thread of all humanity through it like that's why the mom heart is always going to be classic because it carries through like all of us have a mom and a lot of people like will have good relationships with their mom. Some people don't. So they're probably not going to get a mom tattoo, but those who do will get a mom like that will resonate with them for some reason, you know, um, daggers with snakes because it's a tough guy thing like that like resonates with younger men because we all have this fear in our lives when we're young that we're going to be we're gonna we're gonna falter we're gonna not come through when we need to we're gonna not be the warrior that we feel like spiritually we need to be or mentally or physically even so like that snake and dagger that makes you feel tough like i remember getting i got a uh a dagger with a heart and a skull and a black rose and i was on my way to an ozzy osborne ozzy osborne concert i stopped into a place called deluxe tattoo and tom slick did it on me and tom just looked at me and shook shook his head and was just like you'll get it one of these days uh. but it was like it was like the toughest tattoo I had ever seen. I was like, it had everything. It's got a knife and a heart that's sort of broken, but it's got a skull in front of that that's got a black rose of death in its teeth. I'm like, that's fucking rock and roll. So that's what I need when I'm on my way to see Ozzy, you know, like yeah, as a child cool. with my older brother. Um, so I think that's what, what makes a great piece of flash is the same thing that makes a great rock and roll song or a great, great music. It's something in it resonates with us that ties us all together. It, it tells a story of humanity. You know, it's, 
I mean, in the immortal words of the super suckers, uh, you know, cut the crap and bring the hits. You know, that's what that's what Flash should be for me. Like, we've got a bunch of Flash hanging on the wall at my shop. And everybody that works there, paint, we, we all paint Flash still. We all, for fun, like, keep our hands busy or whatever. If we have downtime, we'll paint Flash. And nobody, not nobody, but like 90% of the Flash that gets done at All-American Tattoo is Flash that I've drawn and painted because it's all based off of what people have already asked me for. Mm. Like it's all having that experience in street shops and having people come in and be like, I want this. And after you have the 12th person describe basically the same tattoo and you've drawn 20 of them and you've done the 12 and you've called yourself this awesome custom artist, you've got these other eight, images that are all based off of what these 12 people have asked for. And if we expound that out into the rest of humanity in that particular area, then I can take the one or two best of the remaining images, put them on a sheet of flash for mass consumption, and suddenly we have sellers. And you do that with enough people, like suddenly you've got 10 sheets of flash that yeah, yeah, yeah. have nothing but have have zero filler and nothing but killer like yeah. that's dope. <laughs> dope that's a good name for a book let me ask you <laughs> do you have any do you have any favorite and uh, i mean you know it's hard to be like oh this or that but just you know off the top of your head that you always be like connected to for some reason you know and, and why would that be your favorite what like, do you particularly treasure you know like artists like, or flashes or an well, so yeah, I have a lot actually. Um, I had a really peripheral um, relationship with Mike Malone. Um, and that came about through um, my mentor, Diamond Glenn. Him and Mike were really good friends. And we had a lot of old Malone flash sheets hanging in the shop. Um, and so I always thought they were really cool because they were different than the other shops had. No other shop in town had a bunch of like Mike Malone original flash hanging in the, in the shop. Um, so I, I, and they were like really perfectly drawn. Like when Mike was straight and Mike was on, like on, on task, like the way he drew skulls was perfect it was super simple but it had character and it had movement and it looked like a skull it wasn't like a weird almond with with fucked up squiggly circles like it was a skull and i thought i would i thought that was really cool and he had funny shit on there you know like and i have always been a big fan of funny tattoos yeah. um jd crow honestly like jd crow doesn't get enough credit from guys my age um, and some, some probably kids who are starting today don't have any idea who JD Crow is. JD's still around and he's still selling his flash. Um, but he had a company called um, Actual Tattoo Brand, and it had a little like the logo was a little banner that said tattoo and it had a rose and it was like tattoo brand, official, official tattoo brand, not actual official tattoo brand. But those sheets of flash were mass produced and they were everywhere. 
Like in the nineties, if you walked into a tattoo shop that didn't have a bunch of JD Crow flash in it, like you would be shocked. And then you would ask yourself, how are these guys making any money? Because we made so much money off of selling JD Crow images. And like, he had some filler. It wasn't all killer, but like the filler was always funny. Like, mm. like it was, there's like a little weird tongue in cheek thing. Like there'd be a sheet of little things that had like a bitchin' dolphin and a bitchin' son and like a yin yang and like, you know, stuff that like that shit's gonna sell. And there'd be like four of those. But then there'd be like a drunk donkey wearing a sombrero with a margarita glass, you know, or a fuck. And honestly, some of the stuff like now in today's culture, you'd be like, oh, that seems really culturally insensitive, you know, yeah. like like a tequila worm with a big bandito mustache and a sombrero with a tequila bottle and a pistol, which I still think is hilarious. Um, but like, I wouldn't draw it because I'm not a Mexican bandito dude, but like I've tattooed a bunch of Mexican band. I've even tattooed that tattoo on members of specific clubs that happen to start with a bandit and end with an O. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. like it, they, and they thought it was hilarious, you know? And like, it's that, it's like the things where like, you might look at the sheet and be like, nobody's ever gonna get that. Like, why did anybody even draw that? Like kind of being that, you know, for lack of a better term, it's like being a little bit snooty and a little bit bougie, which I think is more prevalent in tattooing now than it used to be. Like now people are like, oh, well, I would never have used a seven in that situation. I would have used, I would have lined it with an 11 and filled it in with a 27 curved mag. Like, <laughs> cool, man. Like, that's awesome that you would have done it that way. That's not how I did it. You know, like, yeah. Um, but like, and then like, who would ever get that? That's, oh, you know, and I'm like, dude, lots of people would get it. That's why it's flash. It's okay. It's okay that lots of people get it. Like I have flash tattooed on me and I have run into people that have that same, that exact same image tattooed on them. And I'll just always kind of giggle and point at it. And they're like, what? I'm like, good choice. And then I'll show them mine. <laughs> yeah. Immediate, like, immediate brotherhood. Yeah. Like, well, I, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's the kind of stuff where, you, you know, like you get two, you know, two people, whatever. And then you don't even need to say something. You see it. The other person see it. You just nod. And it's mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they're like, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah I like, you. I get you. I got, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. The other flip side of it is like, there's lots of people who, who don't draw flash, who don't do shit. Um, but then there's this whole idea about like, cause everybody's gonna name check Sailor Jerry when it talks, comes to flash because he basically invented, he reinvented the game um, and he was really prolific and that's awesome. But like a lot of people will get hung up when like a younger tattooer wants to be an American traditionalist and he's like, well, I'm, I'm, I do traditional tattoos and they'll read the Amandietzel book and they'll get the Sailor Jerry sketchbook and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to draw. But then they won't draw. They won't just tattoo anything correctly out of the book, even though they're pictures of sheets of flash. Mm. I mean, that's what that shit was fucking drawn for was to tattoo it directly just like that. Like, and I get like, I always put a twist on any piece of flash that I do. 
but I do that while I'm doing it. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to do the shading a little bit differently, or I'm going to move the arm up because they they wiggled when I was trying to do the jawline of the girl. And so now suddenly that I need to put the hand up here. So she's hiding the fuck where the client jerked, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like bring the hair around and hide, like hide that shit, you know? And so it becomes a custom tattoo with design elements, but ultimately like I'm still doing flash on somebody who can't hold still. Like that's, that's what I'm doing, you know? And like, that traditional flash like had that built in like it was really easy to move things like there's not a lot of room for error but there's a lot of room for improvisation i love like greg irons flash like because it that's like for me that was a shift in tattooing like if you look at the timeline of tattooing when greg irons came along it was all big lines stuff drawn a specific way like a dagger was going to look like a dagger was going to look like a dagger skull was going to be either this or this you know like you're going to get that angle of a skull and that was it and then greg irons came along it's just like well i'm going to do fine line girls with flowy hair and i'm going to do like there's one piece of flash on a greg iron sheet that's basically like the ghost of the red baron it's like a close-up it's not even the whole plane the close-up of the cockpit of a biplane with a, a reaper basically with aviator goggles on and a leather helmet and a big like bombardier like an old world war one pilot's jacket and you can't can't see his hands he's just like hunched over but like the way it was drawn like you could see the tension in it and like you just see bullet bullet holes in the windshield of the airplane and the machine gun like with lines coming out of it. So like you're caught in that moment, that tension where like that Reaper biplane is like coming down on whatever it's shooting at, you know? And it's it's like this big and it's it's perfect, but there's nothing to it. Like if you if you look at it and actually look at the line drawing, you're like, how the fuck did he make it look that cool? Yeah, but and I think I, you had uncommon drawing skills. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, to get, like you said, like to capture that tension with the least amount possible, that's the art right there. Yeah. I mean, like, whatever you want to call it, how somebody that's good. It's the same thing with, like, I don't know, you watch a boxer being incredibly effective with the minimal waste of movement. You get like, right. so simple, but to, be, to get to that point, you know, that's the hard thing because yeah. you need to learn everything and then you need to unlearn it. Yeah. And become yeah. second nature, right? So it's just long yeah. way. Yeah. And then learn, and yeah, learn, learn to back up off of it and lay back in the cut and just, yeah, that minimal movement. Yeah. Like, so same thing with this drawing, you know, just like, yeah. just put that line just where you need it, you know, yeah. but still it's super dynamic. It's like, yeah. you know. And, and, and then don't, don't fucking go back into it. Like yeah. that line is, it says it all. Don't, you don't need, you don't need 12 more next to it. Like I fall into that all the time. Like it's like like I always go back to music. Like I am a firm believer. Like God rest Eddie Eddie Van Halen's soul. God rest his soul. But like BB King has said more with one like one bended note than Eddie Van Halen said in all of the songs he ever played on ever. Like there's just too many notes. There's too much shit going on sometimes to where you're like, what the fuck, really? And then BB King just lays back and is just like, dah, 
and you're like, oh fuck, and you feel feel it. Yeah. 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 Less is more. Huh? Yeah. And it's hard to tell that to some people, you know. Like we've got a kid work like working at the shop right now. He just got out of tattoo school, so now he's apprenticing with us. Um, and it's one of those things where like he overthinks shit so much, but he wants to draw traditionally. So I'm having to like show him like Bob Shaw images because Bob Shaw was a huge believer in like, if the line doesn't need to be there, why the fuck is it there? Like that same kind of, that same mentality is just like, you just put in just the lines that need to be there and they, every one of them better serve a purpose and you better be able to look at it and be like, that's the purpose. So like the kids never, nobody's ever taught him to like see that like to be able to break down each image into its parts and pieces and be like, oh, that's why this rose petal does that. Like it doesn't do this, it does this. And there's a purpose to that. And so you have to like shade with that. Like there's a reason why the leaf does this and like why we shade it this way. Like, so it's, it's interesting. Like, I, have you ever taught anybody how to tattoo? No. Don't. It like all this gray hair. My kids didn't give this to me. The people I taught <laughs> when you actually teach somebody how to do it, for me, it made me really analyze why I did the things that I did. And it made That's it, what I was it, about it, to say. I had to explain, like, because before I was just like, oh, I do it like this. What what the fuck? Whatever. You know, but I'm like, okay, having to explain it in, in simple language so that some other human being that I've decided to care about can understand it and then apply it to their lives. Like it makes you a better tattooer. Same way like doing flash will make you a better tattooer. Yeah, mm. that, that thing with the, I think Will Smith said something like, you only understand something really when you teach it. Right. And uh, you know, I never thought about how to tattoo, but I teach like the watercolor painting seminars. Sure. And uh, it's the same thing. When I had to go through the process of preparing a seminar, I'm like, okay, I need to put order in my house. You know, because you really need to understand it. And, you know, because like, oh, I know how to do this, but I don't know how to explain it because I don't know. You know, so you really need to understand it. So I think when you yeah. teach something, uh, yeah, it's very good for you, for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. Um, let me ask you one last thing. Anything you would like to add, you know, for especially, let's say, the younger tattooers, right? The, uh, which I know is not going to be anything like preach or anything, just the value that they could get out of flashes, right? Which is it's just one way of doing things. You know, it's not the way. You have did many ways, but mm. something that they could get out of it. You know, that's why it would be important to have some element of flashes in their career, you know, somehow, mm. even if it's just starting it or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I, mean, I think I hit some points earlier that, um, like, I couldn't do what I do now without having done thousands of hours of not choosing what I get to do, you know, having working in a, in a, like working in Austin and doing flash tattoos for so many years, like you would have college co-eds come in and want a son or a dolphin or, but you just didn't know. And that was the beauty of it for me back then. Like you didn't know being able to be that boxer that stays on their toes and being able to like pivot and move and like be able to like do whatever it takes to get the job done and do it well and make that person love you. 
Like, cause that's the thing that I think a lot of tattooers, like I can be really surly to clients, but I always do it in a way where they laugh and they want to like come back and keep bringing me money. And some people can just be dicks cause they don't know how to like deal with people. So dealing with people who are picking tattoos that you, you didn't draw. So you don't have that personality kick, that ego, that little ego boost. Or like, oh, I drew this and like, now they're going to get it permanently on them. Like, no, some dude that like died before you were born drew that tattoo and they love it. And that's what they want. And your job is to do it on them. Like, it's that simple, you know, like the guys that came into the Rolling Stones after all the members started to die. Like, cause I think the only original member of the Rolling Stones is Mick and Keith at this point. So like they've got members of that band that weren't alive when they wrote Satisfaction. But you know what? If they don't play Satisfaction every night, people are going to riot, you know? So you need to be able to at least see the, the building blocks, the elements of what's in Flash in order to progress. You know, like Salvador Dali is, is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, fine artist. And I don't even know if he would have described himself as a fine artist. I'm sure he would have described himself as a very fine, a lot of things. But like one of the things that he wrote a textbook called 50 Secrets to Magic Craftsmanship. And in it, on this, like just on a side note in the margin, he has 10 rules for he who wished to be a painter. And one of the rules, I think the first rule was to learn to draw and paint as the old masters did. Once you do that, everyone will respect you and you can do whatever you want. Um, but if you believe that your art has surpassed those of, and then he lists several old masters, like if you believe that you're better than them, just go on and, and live in your blissful idiocy and, and you will fade into obscurity, like that, that sort of thing. And every time getting back to like teaching, like I taught a guy named Chris Jacobson we affectionately referred to as rabbit. Um, I taught him how to tattoo over 10 years ago. And I took that as the first rule was like, listen, man, like before you even touch a machine, like I'm going to teach you how to draw and paint as the old masters did. So it started with Bert Grimm and then it got into, I think we went into Dietzel and we went into Jones and we went into all these different sheets of flash that I had in my collection, I was just like, you're going to, you're going to trace all of these and you're going to do it be to build that muscle memory. So doing flash, even, even just painting, like is building that muscle memory and building that, that mental thing where you understand, okay, this is where shading goes. And all of those, they're fundamentals. It's like playing sports. Like in America, we play baseball. And every coach is like, we're going to work on fundamentals. Like when you're in little league, like we're working on fundamentals, we're working on fundamentals. And that's like, basically he's going to hit ground balls to you until you can stop them. That's the fundamental. And like, so that's like, okay, you're going to be able to do a smooth line. Okay. You're going to be able to draw rows, like a cabbage fish hook rows. You're going to be able to figure out how to shade a skull. And then like, even as fancy as my tattoos look now, they're all based in the fact that I grew up doing flash. Like there's no way around it. Like if you ignore flash, you're ignoring the old masters, you know? Yeah. The fundamentals. Yeah. 
Yeah, know your fundamental. Yeah. Omar, we could keep talking about this for like hours. You know, we could. maybe we could. Maybe and I'm not. Have... I'm not afraid to, Steph. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> we would have I to might need to make this. another cup of tea, but I'm in. <laughs> but it's we, late we... there. <laughs> All right, get gone. I love you. Much love. Give a big hug to the family. Yeah, I will. Bye, bro. Bye. Well, hello everyone. I'm Bob Geerts, better known as Bobois. Um, yeah, I'm working in the Netherlands and Eindhoven, having my own shop for about four years, uh, which named True Blue Tattoo. Um, yeah, basically doing traditional tattoos from the start, like tattooing for about 10 years now professionally. And um, yeah, still super stoked and excited about the whole tattoo community and everything what's involved. Uh, thank you for being here. Um... I, I, I want to ask you about something you started doing because obviously flesh is very present in your production, right? Even if you, you take it, you put in a tumble dryer and you like, you come out with something completely yours, right? But you, yeah. you are well acquainted with flesh. You, you yeah, have a sure. very solid foundations of it, right? What made you start doing the thing that you're doing lately with the, what is it? Milton's eyes of Hersey waters, you know, you just take the stencil straight as it is and then, you go over it with something looks like like some wizard stuff. Like, what made you what well, made me start doing that? Yeah, um, I think it started like whew, maybe a year ago, but I think every process uh, or change I make comes pretty naturally because when you talked about flashes, I I already thought like fuck you know, um, I didn't even start with drawing flashes or redraw flashes when I started tattooing. I really started like drawing my own stuff. And at one point we had a guest artist at Bunker where I used to work. And um, I saw him like tracing a, a flash straight from the book and put it on. I was like, whoa, is that even a thing? You know, I thought everybody was drawing everything themselves. And that's where I went into to flashes, you know, and I never really liked the idea to redraw like one-on-one -on -one because I was used to draw everything myself and at one point I was like okay let's let's try it and try to integrate like my my own drawing style in the in the flesh and and mix it up and make some some you know something fresh like new compositions with like existing imagery um, and then at one point I was like well could be cool to to skip the the drawing part you know and let's see what happens if i just take a flash straight from the book put it on like stencil it straight on the skin and just try to figure out my my way while tattooing and yeah, it's i don't know it's really scary and yeah. for the first time and i don't know it it just happened and it was really fun and it's also cool that clients come and trust you on this aspect, you know, yeah. and just be like, yeah, I like this flesh. 
I like what you do. I like your style. Just, you know, let's let's see what happens and do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. It gives like a new aspect of of um yeah, trust and I don't know, like pushing myself to to think about any aspect while tattooing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what would you say makes a good flash? A good flash, poo. I think. What makes a good flash? I think um, in any design, doesn't matter if it's like flash or like any like flat design, like a drawing or painting. Um, like balance, balance, composition. Um, I think balance is the right word because composition is also balance, you know, like a good contrast. Um, yeah. And I think that the flesh we know as like traditional flesh has like a certain sketchy, like, uh, I don't know, like, like folk. folky vibe, you know, and to capture this is really hard for a lot of people, even for myself, you know. And maybe that's also why I really like the, the aspect of taking the, the flesh as it is. Because some stuff, you cannot really tell why it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just good because it's like a certain vibe or a certain, uh, yeah, as you said, like a folky look. Like a flair. Yeah. And I think that's what, what makes it like good, you know? It's not about only creating like a perfect, uh, well-balanced imagery, but sometimes even the unbalanced parts can give it the, the flair that, that makes it good, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you have any specific favorite for some reason and why? Like a specific artist, you mean? Or Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, some classic flash that, that you're like, okay, that person for me has this quality that we I really love or something. Or something you just are drawn towards. I think it's I I I don't have like a true favorite. I think like every like artist from back in the days, which made Flash has his own charismatics. Like um, I really love Percy Waters, though. It's like super romantic and folky at the same time, and I really like the the romantic like look. You know, um, yeah, I like Burchett stuff. It's more like Japanese related, uh, super detailed. And it's really cool to see how people back in the days took like the that style and created like something more folky and weird as well. Yeah. But don't really have like a, a true um, favorite. I think I, I like the little bit more detailed stuff more than the really flat, simple, like basic Seder Jerry related flesh, you know? Yeah. It's cool. Like the word that you use romantic because it really like some designs are strong, but they have elegance. Yeah. That's so what I mean. Is. Elegance is even a better word. I also really like rosy stuff. And maybe also because I never saw a tattoo from Rosie. I just saw the flesh. And it's so folky and weird. And I don't know. I also try to collect some of his work because it really touches me in a way, you know? It's like, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's something super unique. 
And during the, the search of finding original flesh, I talked to some collectors who collect like classic flesh. And some of them were like, yeah, but Rosie really sucks. You know, it's, uh, it's like children's shit. But I totally not agree. You can look at, like, look at this work like this. But um, I think to capture this specific look is like so hard. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like going back to even a, 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 like a level like a step backward. It's kind of like uh, outsider art, you know, that yeah. stuff that it is really like almost like childlike, but because of that it has that purity, so to speak. Yeah. 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 It's pure. Yeah. It's, it's drawn from the, from the soul, you know, it's not looking yeah. to, to make something perfect or something uh, understandable for everyone, you know? And that's what I really like when people, when you see it's like, made from the from the soul from the heart yeah yeah and uh okay one last thing i'm gonna ask you and uh, do you think because clearly flesh is a big part of you know uh, especially traditional tattooing do you think what would you recommend to uh, to young tattooers right in regard to flesh in terms of you know how they can be beneficial for them to develop their own understanding of how you know things you look or how they look best or mm. well as i mentioned before like since i looked at flesh my tattoos uh, started to look way more like tattoos in my opinion you know and i think the only way of like really understand it is like study it study it as you you do at school you know like dig into it like uh like crazy and not if you only trace it and only try to um, like redraw it, it's not gonna work. You really have to look at every aspect and and check why it's so romantic or elegant or why it has this like powerful look or why it's so well balanced. You know, I think studying is the right word. Really get through it. Um, put them like put an artist next to another and check what's the difference and why and yeah just ask why why is it romantic why is it this why is it powerful why and then you you will understand better and better yeah find that uh, ingredient that gives that flavor right yeah 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 awesome bro thank you so much for making the time thank you so much have a good evening bro talk later man bye bye awesome bye